0: I'm Ginger and I'm Dutch. All right,
1: folks, welcome back for season two. Bigger and better on the Ginger and Dutch podcast. We're in the middle of it here. Sports all around us. Lots Dutch. going on. Lots oh going on these last couple weeks.
2: Playoffs are around the corner for NFL. I'm, I'm jacked. Uh, NHL starting uh call oh, we had the college football playoffs so we'll get into that but i'm excited uh you've got some cool things to tell our listeners we're ready to roll here yeah how was your break you have a good break couple uh, weeks off yeah enjoyed besides 12 days of
1: ginger and dutch
2: did you i enjoyed the 12 days of ginger and dutch i spent a lot of time at home um and you know what my social gatherings were uh, we're out on the toboggan hill since uh, we're the only place in north america that's not allowing skiing which is an absolute joke but respect the rules you know what we're, we're doing our thing. This COVID thing sucks. We're almost through it. Let's just keep, uh, keep our heads down and, and let's try and get through. For
1: sure. Well said. And um, for all our listeners out there, Season 2 is about bigger and better. We want to get interactive. We're going to have some live podcasts along the way. We've got a great list of uh, guests coming up for the month of January and beyond. So it'll, uh, make sure you're tuning in each week. Following us along on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter
2: at Ginger and Dutch One, and we got a great guest coming up. Bills, uh, Buffalo Bills stock. Uh, we're going to get to that after the break, but we, I'll let you uh, introduce that as we. Well, there's no better way to start season two than bringing on a homer.
1: No, hey, <laughs> thirteen and three <laughs> Buffalo Bills, the second seed, of course. Let's talk, man. Let's get into it. All right, rapid fire. Let's start off with our first topic here. All I'm going to say is, and you didn't want Ohio State oh, to play.
2: Timeout. Come on, I didn't say that they were at. Not a good football team. I said that they're a good football team, but I just didn't think they deserved to get in. It just oh, doesn't make on. sense.
1: I'm gonna have to go back and listen to
2: these podcasts. Well, again. it's a stupid. It's a stupid thing. You, we talked about it. I just think that the, the the NCAA football is broken and it needs to be fixed. It it just doesn't make sense that you're only you're gonna pit four teams in a playoff. There's too many other teams out there. There's just too many other teams, and they need to figure it out because in order, and I was talking to one of our friends of the show, uh, uh, Perry, um, and we were talking about, you know, if you have a bigger playoff, you're going to have less dominant teams because there's going to be a more of a recruiting class going into all these other schools, okay? And I'm going to just go on. I'm sorry I'm ranting here, but I just want to go on this. Let's take a look at the top 11 from this this past Two weeks of bowl games, okay? You got Indiana, number 11. They lose to an unranked team, okay? They lose to an unranked team. You got Ohio, uh, Iowa State, number 10. They smash Oregon State by 17. You got the 9 versus 8 matchup, which is Georgia. They beat Cincinnati. That was the best game. It was a 24-21 game.
1: Yeah, good football game. Okay?
2: Then you got the 6 versus 7 yard
1: field goal, though, to win Yeah, it America. was a
2: fantastic. Then you got the 6 versus 7. Yep. Yeah. Oklahoma, a thumping 55-20 against Florida. Are we actually watching this? They're the 6-7 and seven seed in the freaking, come on. Okay, hold on. I, hold on. I know you're going to go on conferences and all that bullshit, but I'm just, I'm ranting here. Five, which is the team I thought should have got in. Five versus uh, North Carolina. North Carolina put a good fight. This was Texas A&M. 41-27. They won easy, though. They ended up winning easy late, 41-27. And now you go to the big guns you got 1 versus 4. Bama just took their time and they walked all over the Fighting Irish that everybody had a big, you know, what for and they lose they uh they end up winning 31-14. And then the game that you're talking about okay so Ohio State yep great sure they deserve to be seven there seven point dogs seven point dogs and they they throw almost a 50 burger up against Clemson 49-28 it wasn't even close it wasn't even close Lawrence did not look like the the number one cut kid coming out of the out of the um, NCAA but what I'm getting at is 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 you need to spread it out a little bit more I just it, it just sucks that some of these teams, like I think Cincinnati might have been able to put up a good matchup uh, against maybe a Notre Dame. So why not see these guys in the playoff, in a playoff format as opposed to it? Sure, clearly right now Alabama is number one. And clearly, obviously I was maybe wrong on the rankings, but Ohio State I think's going to give Alabama a real good run, especially with their offense being so potent.
1: Yeah, Justin Fields hopefully um, is healthy and back. But but let's break down your point here. and Because I, I, I do agree, we've got to open this up. But you've got to open it. It can't be a one and done. You've got to eliminate the bowl games completely. Okay. Agreed. The the Florida game. Florida wasn't even starting half their team. No, I know they didn't care. They had already packed it in. I know, which is you stupid. Know. A friend of the show, Nino Baricas, diehard Florida Gators fan, went to school down at Florida State. Didn't even watch the goddamn game because yeah. he knew once yeah. he saw the the roster coming out. Yeah, that's the the, the bowl games have become totally and epically useless because guys are opting out left right and center because yep. they're going to go into the NFL draft and then Colda was a whole different thing this year as well yeah so I think you need to adapt more of approach of the NCAA tournament let th- let these games become a showcase maybe you only play 10 games yes. you only play in your division and then if you're ranked and let's go one to 16 or one through eight whatever you decide okay one to 12 we can make that work in a in a playoff type bracket as well and but we've got to do it for numerous years because if you want to if you want to spread out the recruiting classes. that's right it takes these, time it takes time yes right Cincinnati you're you're crazy they would have been blown out by Alabama one versus eight wouldn't have been even been close so George, Alabama blew out Florida. Cincinnati would have got straight and Cincinnati I never, didn't even win their their bowl game. no but I never said
2: I never said Alabama though I said that they would have given maybe Notre Dame a good matchup is Georgia Correct. is yeah, Georgia you were not? saying
1: Notre Dame was too high rate. right I so was it. so yep. was, can Georgia and Cincinnati
2: because clearly well we don't know because Florida you know laid a laid a stinker and, and literally played o- Oklahoma wanted to show the the, the world that they were uh, you know a top five team and they clearly did by putting 55 points up, but you are right it 's going to take time with recruiting, but they 've got to do it in order to expand it i, I don 't understand why they think that 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 's not going to be a money maker for them it 's going to be if because more people will watch you 'll get into more of this even the non the non football watcher that watches the mm-hmm. the you know does the these fantasy things or does the football squares or does all these little football playoff pools you 're going to get more attraction for it i i just i, I and I know it's so traditional. It's not going to change, but it needs to. It sucks.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I think the big thing off the top of my head would be one scheduling, right? You, you go one through 16, uh, you're going to need four games. That's four weeks. So now you got to knock off four games off your regular schedule or three games off the regular schedule. So how does that work for some of these Power 5 conferences? So, you know, off the top, it, it may be difficult for them, but long term for the recruiting class, class for the parity of college football, I think this would be a good thing to uh, to change their framework. Yeah. Ohio State, they've got a shot to take down Alabama. I, I think they've got a shot. I know they're eight-point underdogs, I think, to
2: start, but I, I think they have a real good shot this weekend, or next weekend, isn't it?
1: Uh, yes, and uh, Monday, January 11th. Yeah, yeah, Monday, yeah.
2: Monday, after the, the first week of the playoffs here.
1: As we sit here in your cold garage recording this podcast mm-hmm. on Monday, January 4th, and we can hear the skates on the ice... Our young Canadians in the semifinals of the World Juniors: Canada versus Russia, U.S. versus Finland.
2: The tournament really starts now. I know you said that the Finland-Sweden game was good, which I did watch. There's nothing, you know, not much else going on, and maybe Canada's the only people that are watching this. But it's just a shame that 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 there really is only five teams every year that that have a have a chance. Maybe six sometimes, but uh, in any event, I'm I'm jacked to to watch the game uh this evening i know we're going to air on wednesday um but I, i'm jacked to see it and by the time wednesday comes there will be uh it'll be over because the the finals is on tuesday as well so um w- what have you liked so far about it I, I think it's been great i think it's uh you know what we talked about it i think it's going to be canada u.s final you you th- seem to think finland might uh, upset the united states
1: tonight um but what do you think here's my thoughts you know when I, when it first came you know christmas came around and and then Boxing Day hit, and and the tournament was starting, and you see sixteen to two, and and you see some of these some of these blowouts, and and you kind of go, well, what's what's the point of watching this, mm-hmm. right? But then when you get back to the nuts and bolts of it, and start to realize what this tournament is for, it's a showcase, right? You know, if you take a first look, and you, and you would have tuned out, that Canada beats Germany sixteen to two. Yep. Well, you. You probably would have never watched that. But as as you as you stick through it, you see that these kids are able to showcase themselves and that German line ended up having three, four, five Currently, I know some of the yeah. good, some are going to get passed yep. Yep. In, in the tournament scoring, which is good right. for that's for, a showcase for that kid. It's a showcase for
2: those guys, but it's really not a showcase for Canada because almost everybody on Canada has already been drafted, and for the most Correct. part, the twenty first round picks. Yeah, we already heard all the BS, right? But the guy who's, who's actually been playing fit, uh, lights out for Canada, is, uh, and I know he hasn't had like you know a truckload of shots, but uh, Devin Levy's been playing great, and, and he was a seventh rounder, and he's uh, I think he's uh, property of uh, Florida. But he's done a great job in net. I think he's he going to get that game versus the Czech. I think so too, and he I think he's twenty-plus opportunities yep. right in the slot. I think he's, he's going to get tested. Game. I think he's going to get tested tonight against Russia. Um, give me some standouts. Uh, you know what? I, I obviously you know the 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 two leading scores. You've got Trevor uh, Zegras, um, which he's a he's. Um, with Anaheim mighty, yep. the I kept the mighty Ducks I was going to call them the Anaheim <laughs> Anaheim Ducks yeah <laughs> yeah and then uh and of course uh
1: from from uh Canada Dylan Cozens has been
2: been solid he's up there and he's uh, second in scoring
1: yeah and and you know as a step in captain too yeah. you, you can't like that anymore yeah. right to, to be thrown into the spot and yeah. know, to come up like that but you've nailed the you've nailed the stars you nailed the guys that have stood out to me. Yep. Um, Quentin Byfield
2: had that one game, or Byfield had the one game. I always call them Byfield. Yeah. <laughs> um, Byfield had the one, uh, the one good game. He had a six point affair, and they've just, they just from top to bottom, their four lines are just absolutely rock solid, and um, they were the class. We said this before we went on break. They were the class of the tournament, and I, I really think that it's a that that they're going to win. Maybe not easily, but um, you know what? They're going to win by a goal or, two, or by a, at least a goal or two um, tonight. Against Russia, we'll see how uh, we'll see how it shakes down. You you like Finland, though? You said, yeah, I like Finland. I think yeah. they
1: play a scrappy game, and
2: I think our American friend uh, isn't uh, isn't going to like you too no, much. I right know,
1: now. I know. But yeah. hey, um, all fourteen forwards drafted in the first round for Canada—it's crazy. It's gold or nothing for this team. Sure. We know that this yeah. the, this tournament's always like that. So, yeah. but it's always fun watching a good rivalry against Russia. They always give us a good game, and yeah. we'll see where it uh, shakes out when we come back next week. We got one more thing uh, for rapid fire. We got an NBA. Let's do a quick little NBA. Dutch, I'm going to read you a couple couple numbers off here. I'm going to tell you 167 to 89 and 232. Okay. So we'll start with the 167. You want to know what that number is, Dutch? Oh, that's the free throw attempts for the Atlanta Hawks leading the league through five or six games, however many you've played. You want to know what the number 89 is? Number 89 is the number of attempts by our lovely Toronto Raptors. And the number 232 is the number of attempts in five games, three-point attempts by our Toronto Raptors. But Matt Thomas can't make it on the court for more than six minutes. What's going on, Dutch? Help me out here because I'm ready to rant. And I'm also ready to tell our listeners that I think the Toronto Raptors possibly could miss the playoffs for the first time in seven seasons. Well, they're off to
2: an absolute horrendous start. They're one and four. Uh, I
1: don't like the
2: way Nurse has been managing the first five games. I know they're only five games, so everybody needs to kind of slow down a little bit, okay? But, you know, I wanted to touch on on Pascal. I mean... You know what? Sure, he's doing okay. He's you know he's still averaging 16.7 rebounds, four assists over the five games. But it, he's only thirty nine percent from the field. He's just chalking, and he's just he's just correct. He, he's hearing not playing efficient. He's hearing the trade rumors. He's hearing all the little BS stock. I know they were talking about Harden. I it popped up again today about, about it, and you know maybe he's just frustrated with it. Uh, you know, Freddie's had three massive nights, but two awful nights. We need a little bit more consistency out of uh, out of Freddie. You can't have three for 12 nights, just like OG. You can't have one for 10 nights or four for 10 nights like he did. It's all about consistency. You need to have have more. You know, a guy who I thought's done all right is uh, is Aaron Baines, and he's only playing 20 minutes a game, but he's filled in admirably. Need a little bit more rebounding out of it. Correct. Okay. But to answer your point, if you're gonna be trucking threes up, absolutely. Where is Matty Thomas? What about our what about our first round draft pick? Yeah. Has no, he, even step, he hasn't even stepped foot on the court yet. Oh, is he even dressing? Of course yeah. not, right? I mean, I don't know. I think the
1: Raptors are in trouble. I just don't get it yet. I get you know, okay, thirty-three percent from three-point land of two hundred and thirty-two threes. Okay, it's not a a, a brutal percentage. It's twenty-second in the league currently as it stands. And I know it's only five game ins, five games in, but do we not trust that we can't get like when 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 this is high school one oh one. When it's not falling from three, what do you do? You go to the basket, drive the net, get to the line. Yeah, yeah. It's this is not rocket science here, folks. Right. This is basketball. Yep. And they're not getting to
2: the line, and it's not because they're not getting calls there, Miss Panero. It's just, they're not going to they're not going to the basket, just like you said. Okay,
1: it's it's just.
2: But you know what? Let's slow it down a little. Bit. I know, I hey, know. I'm fired up. up. I'm let's fired fire up. Down a I don't bit. want this seven year streak. Right. end. But gets... let's slow it down a little bit okay let's talk real quickly I, I, we don't need to get into why or whatever i mean but you look at the teams that have got a uh, got off to a hot start we we, we said the hawks were gonna have it and we're talking uh from our side here yep. okay from the east. yeah yep. we got the hawks at four and two we got the 76ers at five and one off to good starts yep. okay but then you look at those the three big teams right yeah well actually four if you count miami in there i mean you got the yep. box three and three you got the celtics four and three you got the raptors we said at one and four the Heat, I don't, I didn't uh, pull, pull the record up, up two and three. Okay, two and three. 3 I so, had them on my so those start. big teams are on start. And the Nets in there too at five hundred. That's yep. right. So I think it's just I think they're trying to figure out the new COVID protocol since they're not in the bubble and they're really trying to figure out their ways around it, and their routines are all off. And again, hey, listen, no excuse because there's teams that are winning and there's teams that are losing. That's so right. there's no excuse, right? But you know, it's the same with the West, right? You got the Clippers, Suns, and Lakers. They're all five and two. Uh, nice to see the Suns because we kind of uh, figured that they were uh, going to be in for a good playoff spot. Yeah. So it's nice to see them running. And then you got a team like uh, Dallas, and you got a team like Denver. They're they're two and four. They're down at the bottom, of the dumps, with uh, you know, for the West side, like the Raptors and like the Celtics and like the Bucs. So it's we're only six, five, six, 7 games in. I think the most that anybody's played is seven games. So it's not like we're there. But back to the Raptors, you know. You got to start shaking it up a little bit, Mister Nurse. And uh, we got a big game coming up tonight. Uh, again, we'll be airing on Wednesday. But we got a big game coming up tonight. They play the Celtics. You think that they're going to be able to take care of business? Listen, if they don't, um, oh boy, you know. And maybe, maybe there is more to this Harden thing than we know, or that what you know. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're
1: working on something. Yep, it could be. It could be down the line, and, and there's always inner dealings and workings in the back end. That uh, that you know we're not privy to. And some of even some of these beat writers aren't privy to. So yeah, it'd yeah. be interesting to see, but I'm throwing it out there. We're going to flip over now to the NFL before we go on break here. And, and when we get back, we'll catch our, our amazing special guest. But, uh, next week me and you are going to chat about this. Is Steph Curry the greatest NBA shooter of all time? 62 points last night. I'm going to leave that. I'm going to stick that in your pipe. I'll let, I'll let you smoke on it for a week. And then we'll get uh, we'll get back to it. I sure, no, he can't carry that team
2: by himself. He can do it a few nights. Three and three. Though. I know, I know, I know. And they're going to be a you know seven, eight, nine seed. So yes, I'll I'll get back to that. I'll do my work on that for sure.
1: All right, let's flip over to the NFL before we go on break here. Game number, as bad as it was, two hundred fifty six finished on time on date. Nobody thought of it. Nothing beats the shield. They made it work. Ginger, you said it from the start. Though they're gonna finish, even in everything that we talked about in every fantasy pool we're
2: in, every group chat we're in, all the all of the time. Oh, 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 we're gonna stop. And you kept saying, "Boys, it's gonna continue. It's gonna
1: continue." What also continued was our shitty picks. <laughs> yeah. Right? No, it, it did. But it was a fun year. It was a fun year for the NFL. Yeah. Highest scoring year ever in the NFL. Yes. All the way back since 1948. Um, which is what they wanted. Over 24.5 points were averaged uh, per team, which was higher than 23.6 in the, in the 48 season. Five teams scored, average, on average, over 30 points this year, which has never been done um, in the NFL history. So... Uh, we have talked about it way back in week three and week four uh, about the scoring, the lack of penalties, the no crowd, how it was affecting scoring, how it was affecting play, and uh, we've seen it all the way through 17 weeks. And you know what else is good? What's that? Lay it on me, Dutch. The Miami Dolphins finished 10-6 and six and missed the playoffs. Booyah! How about that curb stomp yesterday? Right? Just, just, just curb stomp them. Just think you're going to make the playoffs. I'll drop a fifty burger on you. Dismantle them now. Uh, we've been getting a little bit of heat from our listeners
2: with our with our picks, and yeah, I, I kind of stunk the joint out the last uh, few weeks. And you know, you hung on there. And you know, I, may I remind everybody, we make our picks on Mondays, and I change my picks all the time. And for the record, um, <clears throat> for the record, I was eight games above five hundred for the year end. Uh, you were a couple games below five hundred. Yeah. And. Um, Kudos goes to my wife who ended up uh, with a one thirty four one fourteen record, and that was not from flipping coin, folks. So she gets bragging rights in the uh, in the family this
1: year. But you know, we had a good year. Yeah, we, I think but, we held on. We were three games below five hundred. We had a couple real stinker weeks that that really cost us, yeah. but. Overall yep. I thought we did pretty good. We didn't get to that over five hundred guarantee like we wanted to, but uh But but why don't you just, hold our head high
2: Yeah and why don't you refresh the listeners on on our, our right from the start when we when we broke down each division at the start there. I think we did pretty damn good. You know, we had a couple duds, you know what you can make fun of the fact that I picked the Vikings to be eleven and five and you know, and they they, they stunk to the join out and,
1: and I know and you I, I gotta trip you about your hot your your hot take Cardinals pick. Yes, which yeah. I told you they wouldn't make the playoffs. No, yeah, but, but I had I had some picks as well. Yeah, you I had, had the Falcons in there.
2: You had the Falcons at ten and six, and they yeah. really stunk. Uh, but but all in all, uh, give, give, just give our listeners yeah, a quick breakdown because I I think we nailed it.
1: Yeah, we did. We did. We we struggled with a couple, just like we said in the NFC side, but uh, we nailed it. You know, we had the Saints up there. You had them as a as a five seed. I had them as a two. We we almost not locked that one in. We both had the Packers up there which was good. We had the Bucks bang on. You had them a little higher at that two seed, but um, we were right yeah, on, on with the record. Yep. Yep. And the only team that we missed out on completely was, uh, was those Chicago bears in the, in the NFC yep. on the AFC side. We were completely dialed in. We had the chiefs, right? Yeah. Uh, you had the bills, right? We had the Ravens in the right spot. You had Tennessee, right? Which I had wrong. I had the, uh, the Colts win in that division. And then we had uh, one, each had kind of one off, off the cuffs pick. I had the Broncos, and uh, you had those Dolphins in there. Um, but we both had the Browns in the right spot Yep, as well. So yeah.
2: all in all, I think we did pretty good. And uh, um, it's going to be an exciting stretch. Um, I can't wait to break down the playoff matchups. Uh, we've got an amazing special guest. Why don't you tell before we go on break? Tell us, uh, tell our listeners who we got
1: coming on, and, uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll we'll go to break. Yeah, let's switch when we get back from break. We're going to go right into the interview with um, our Buffalo Bills beat reporter coming on from Syracuse.com, UB grad, host of the Shout podcast, Matt Perino. He's going to give us a breakdown of an exciting Colts and Bills matchup. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we'll catch you on the flip side.
0: It's not Starsky and Hutch. It's Ginger and Dutch. Spirit, yeah, we got the spirit Jump. Just watch it happen now. Hey hey. Hey hey. 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 hey, hey. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go,
1: Buffalo. The bills make me wanna. Alright, listeners. Welcome back from break. Hope you enjoyed uh, a little segment from the Ginger and Dutch podcast. We're gonna get into our wild card weekend divisional or um breakdown here and to help us out with the first matchup on Saturday, one oh five kickoff near and dear to both of our hearts back in the playoffs. Yes, sir. We've got Bills Beat Reporter, Syracuse.com, New York upstate, UB Grad, host of the Shout Podcast. Matt Perino. Matt, are you on the line with us here?
0: I am, I am. Great to be with you guys.
1: Hey, thanks for coming on. I appreciate that for sure. And I'm sure uh, we all know the feeling down in Buffalo right now. Everybody's pumped up and ready to go. But, Matt, isn't this where we thought this season would go, win the division, be in the playoffs? This is just the start of it. And isn't this the expectation for this Bills team?
0: Um, I think definitely, like, on the beat and, you know, within, you know, a big chunk of the fan base, the expectation, like you mentioned, you know, division title, playoffs, home playoff game, I, I of, of course, think that, that was the expectation. But what I think has happened is this offense has taken such an unbelievable step with the addition of Stefan Diggs and the growth of Josh Allen and, you know, Brian Dables, you know, maturation as a play caller. Um, obviously, he's a huge, hot, hot name on, on the head coaching market with six uh, teams looking to fill a vacancy. Uh, but there's just so many moving parts that have made this – one of the most dangerous offenses in the NFL. And and I really just as scary as the Kansas city chiefs. If you're an opposing defensive play caller and uh, you know, trying to scheme against these two teams. So it's going to be fun. I think that's the, that's the new goal now is to see Kansas city and Buffalo in that AFC title game, the one seed versus the two seed Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. And I think if you would have mentioned that matchup in March, people would have thought it was a mismatch. and now. I think a lot of football fans across the country are like, man, I'm ready to see Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes go throw for throw.
2: I don't want to step kind of over the boundaries here, but are the bills, is this possibly one of the best Buffalo bills teams that we've seen in franchise history, or is this just kind of routinely the most prepared team?
0: It is. And, you know, you go back to the dynasty and the four Super Bowls and, you know, they were a lethal offense and it was a different game. I, I I think it's hard to compare eras, but what this Bills team has done offensively, you know, they've gone over 500 points in the season for the first time in franchise history. Josh Allen has broken virtually all of uh, Jim Kelly's single season records and Drew Bledsoe had the single season record for passing yardage. He broke that too. And just everywhere you look, you have, you know, a top tier talent at a lot of different positions. And what I think makes this team scary is that this defense that I think a lot of experts were a little bit underwhelmed with in September and October has turned into the unit in November and December that I think we're used to seeing around here from Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier. I mean, they're an attack style defense that has built some continuity throughout the season. They're taking the ball over, uh, turning the ball over at a pretty high rate. So I think that they're just a complimentary football team. They have weapons on special teams. Their coverage teams are great. They have Andre Roberts who can return kicks. They, As we found out yesterday, they have Isaiah McKenzie who can return yeah. kicks. So everywhere you look on this team, there's talent.
2: And I love the fact that, uh, you know, first time since 1988, they set, they swept the division, which, you know, they deserve the right to be where they are. And unfortunately, you know, KC having the number one seed, but you have to like the 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 path to the ASC Championship. If, you know, take care of business at home against Indy, um, Pittsburgh does what they're supposed to do, and, and we're avoiding really all the other hot teams, your Tennessee's, um, Baltimore, Baltimore coming in hot. Um, I'll take our setup and our lineup uh, to the ASC Championship, don't you think?
0: Yeah, and I think there's, you know, a couple different teams present a couple different challenges, but, you know, just so you... It's a funny thing that eighty eight season, uh, they did beat all of the current AFC East teams, but they lost to the Colts who were still in the division at the time. Yep. So this is actually right, yeah. the first time in in franchise history that they've gone. they've swept through. Now, you know, uh, it's kind of a different record because back then there was five teams in the division. And now you know we're talking about four. But you look around this division and or you look around this this AFC, and I think Baltimore's probably, the, the team that everybody's going to land on is a potential foil. Uh, I think the Colts do some things that are interesting um, that make it a matchup worth uh, tuning in for. But I just think that when it comes to answers on both sides of the ball, the bills have more than, you know, virtually every other team in the AFC and, you know, Lamar Jackson, you know, Tennessee came out and and really suffocated him last year and made him struggle in the playoffs. And, uh, Logan Ryan, uh, the cornerback who's playing with them, said we took the blueprint from what Sean McDermott and the Bills did in the regular yep. season, and so now you're, you you have so many different ways for Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier, if that matchup presents itself, to scheme up things for Lamar Jackson, and they just have a, the the Bills secondary is one of the least talked about things in the NFL, and it's it's a it's a shame because there's their, their safety duo is. Is, is the definition of elite. They have maybe arguably the greatest cornerback in the NFL in Tredavious White. And they have all of these other pieces at cornerback two that are so intriguing. I mean, they believe a lot in Levi Wallace. They have a veteran in Josh Norman, former All-Pro, who had a pick six yesterday. And then they might have the cornerback two of the future in Dane Jackson, a seventh-round rookie who every time he's been on the field this year, he's made plays. And, you know, you look into the playoffs and you can start calling up guys. You get free call-ups because of COVID. Um, you, you look at a guy like Dane Jackson, that could be somebody that, you know, it can be in the mix. So I just... I like how deep they are at, at every at virtually every position. Their offensive line, I think, is a key to it as well. The protection that they've had, that they've consistently been able to provide Josh Allen. I mean, a lot of these games, you look and and teams are trying and they just cannot get pressure on Josh Allen or at least consistent pressure. So that's a big piece of it too.
1: Yeah, they've kept him totally clean. And since uh, Feliciano's come back in that lineup, he's really kind of helped gel that offensive line. Matt, I want to switch you over now to specifically to Indy, and you, and you talked about all these pieces on defense. Um, does anybody other than Jonathan Taylor and, and the second-ranked runner since week 11 here in the NFL scare you uh, when you look at that Bills defense comparatively to the, the Colts offense? Is it, is it Frank Reich's play calling? Is it Phillip Rivers, uh, T.Y. Hilton with a, with a deep ball or, or some of his routes? Does anything scary, or you think the Bills got this kind of locked in?
0: You know, it's a, it's a matchup that I think the Bills will like, but it's a matchup that needs the proper attention. And that's not Naheem Hines, who I think is really dynamic out of the backfield as a pass catcher. And, you know, Phillip Rivers, he's really limited, especially at his advanced age with in terms of mobility. And if you can get some pressure on him, that's where he kind of starts to fold. You go back to that Pittsburgh Steelers game and, you know, TJ Watt and Cam Hayward started dial up pressures and he just kind of shrunk in that, in that game. And they weren't able to push the ball downfield. And what Hines does is he offers that immediate outlet. He's really seamless in his transitions as he gets out of the backfield, catches the ball, turns up field, made a couple, has made a couple big plays in the past game all year. And I, that's probably going to be Matt Milano's responsibility. And Matt Milano's playing, really good football. He's healthy. Finally, Uh, he's, he's ready to go for, you know, a full, full uh, slate of snaps. And I think that's one of the matchups to watch in this game because that's where he excels, you know, AJ Klein came in and found a role as Matt Milano was out and he really excelled as a blitzer, but in coverage, he leaves a little bit to be desired. Matt Milano, he's going to have a big payday this, this, this off season. And a big reason why is because of his ability to cover, you know, opposing team tight ends, uh, shifty running backs out of the backfield. He's going to probably be responsible for that. And they're going to have to do a good job of taking him out. If they take him out of the game, Naheem Hines, I really feel with their secondary, they can turn the Colts into a one dimensional offense where they're going to have to lean on Jonathan Taylor in almost like a Derrick Henry type of role, and I don't think he's capable of that against the, a good defense. And then you got to figure in the Bills are probably going to, you know, start running up the scoreboard. I, I like the Colts' defense, and DeForest Buckner is a beast in the middle, but that secondary, they they have some serious question marks when it comes to covering all of these wide receivers for the Bills.
1: Yeah, and and you mentioned something there that hit home with me, and, and I was chatting last week with friend of the show and and one of your friends as well, in Sal Capaccio. Do you think? You'll see a little bit more base 4-3 then, trying to stop Taylor maybe on early downs um, and then let Milano and Edmonds stay on the field on that third down, and Milano can kind of go head-to-head with Hines or Taylor, whoever's on the field there on third down.
0: I've been waiting for more uh, 4-3 involvement all season, and we just haven't seen it. They really trust Taron Johnson or their big nickel, Saran Neal, or if they they put in Dean Marlowe you know they're comfortable in that base nickel defense and even teams that want to run against them they're not afraid to throw out that third that third defensive back or that third quarterback so and a big piece of that is because they're very good tacklers and i think in a lot of ways you look at some of the problems that aj klein has had it's been you know, with sure tackling this year. So if you have that faith in Taron Johnson to be somebody that's executing at a high level in those one-on-one situations with ball carriers, it's easy to lean on him in those, in those moments. So could we see more? Sure. I, I think that, you know, that maybe this is a game, especially with the the bulk up front and their ability to really push the front back. Um, Quentin Nelson is an absolute animal. Ryan Kelly. Yeah. They monster? got, they just got some maulers on there, even uh Glikowski, or a, uh, What's his name? Lewinsky. Yeah. He's a beast too. I remember yeah. looking into him uh, as a potential free agent target last year for the bills. I thought he was a nice, nice piece on the offensive line. So they have their work cut out for them. They're an undersized defensive line anyway, especially on the interior. So that's going to be a real area to watch, but I just think that they just have too much faith in Taryn Johnson uh, and in Saran Neal and Dean Marlowe, whoever they have in there. Uh, I just, we haven't seen enough four three. So I don't think that they would start now, you know, with their 17th game of the season.
2: Yeah, and I, I want Matt. I want to flip to the offense here. I mean, you know, when playoffs happen, we we all know, you know, you've got your studs. We've got Allen. We've got Diggs. We've got our studs, and I really like the way Brown uh, showed up uh, for the first half yesterday. Do you got an X factor on offense? You know, oftentimes, as I said, you you see a you see a different guy pop up. Like I have a feeling that like a Zach Moss might might show up, and they might pound him a little bit more than often. Uh, what about Knox or Gabe Davis?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's probably not the X factor, the surprise factor, I guess, but for me, it continues to be Stefan Diggs because he's so reliable and the reliability is so impressive because defenses know what's coming. They know that Josh Allen wants to get the ball out of his hands immediately and get in the hands of Stephon Diggs so he can get to work, and teams just haven't been able to stop it. I mean, this last month, you're looking at you know, 10 targets, 11 targets, 10 targets, nine targets. I mean, it doesn't matter, they're they're feeding him the football. That's what he wanted, that's why he wanted out of Minnesota. He wasn't getting the looks that he's gotten. And you know, Josh Allen joked about it. Like, you know, we make we make Stefan happy, we get him the ball a lot, but he's doing something with it and he's making plays with it. He led the NFL in receiving. So I just I look over yeah. there. Another interesting matchup to watch is um, uh, Xavier Rhodes, who you know played in Minnesota for a long time. I, I'm sure that Stephon Diggs and he have had some great practice battles over the years. I'll be excited to talk to Diggs about that this week. Uh, that's probably who's going to end up on him. And, and Rocky Sin, I believe, was in the concussion protocol this last week. He'll probably be, be yep. back. But it'll be interesting to see who they try to uh, put on him. And the, the problem for opposing defenses is, you can't double team Stephon Diggs because the rest of this offense will absolutely torch you. John Brown's back. John Brown's healthy. John Brown hit a, you know, 32-yard touchdown pass on Sunday. That's horrible, horrible news because yep. even if Cole Beasley's not back, Isaiah McKenzie proved yesterday that he could slot in and and be a big time producer in this offense as well.
2: Yeah, they're scary. They're scary, and uh, I can't wait to see it. And I'm glad you touched on the road thing because I, I got a little bit of a Vikings blood in me. But uh, I, I'm glad you touched on it. It's going to be interesting. I can't wait to hear what you guys got to to talk about when to hear what Diggs has to say.
1: Matt, um, who's who do you like in the, on the other side? Let's flip over quickly here. Uh, who do you like on the NFC side? Who's your who's your pick, or give us a dark horse pick on that side that uh, you think may come through?
0: You know, I I like I I like the Saints defense, but I just don't trust um, Drew Brees in the playoffs. I mean, I just, I think back to last year and I believe it was the Minnesota Vikings that knocked him off. Right. And, um, yep, yep. I just think that there he's limited. And, and it's, it's, it's sad. You I mean, you look around the league at some of the, the quarterbacks. I mean, Tom Brady is the exception to the rule. I'm sure bills fans listening probably are not going to like me, you know, giving him even <laughs> praise onto him. Um, but honestly, side note, I haven't talked a bunch about this yet because you know, uh, I, I cover the bills for a, a bills fan base. That is probably very uh, superstitious and knock on wood. They don't want to put the cart before the horse, but how fitting would it be after 20 years of Brady and new England dominance, if Tampa the bills Bay. and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers met in the super bowl and the bills could knock off Tom Brady, could you imagine the fanfare uh, after that? I, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself there, but I could just, I could, I could, I could, I could see myself writing those stories uh, and what it would mean to bills fans. But um no, I, I like uh, Green Bay. I, I think that they have, again, similarly to the Bills, multiple ways to beat you. I mean, they're 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 learning a lot about their offense these last few weeks. They have a rookie running back, an A.J. Dillon, that could be a workhorse for them. And, oh, by the way, they still have Aaron Jones. And they have, yeah. for my money, and I cover Stephon Diggs, I, I respect him a ton. I think he's a great player. Devontae Adams, to me, is the best receiver in this game. He's unguardable. He's unguardable. He, The the one question mark I have is with David Bakhtiari out now, the left tackle, how are they able to uh, plug someone in there for him? It seemed like Aaron Rodgers was still working pretty well this last week. We'll see. Um, But I'd probably go Packers because of the bye, the home field. I still think playing in Green Bay is tough, the weather. Um, And, you know, I I just don't think that there's been enough consistent, sustained – cohesion in Tampa Bay they've had they're playing well in December but they're still like stops and starts and you know Mike Evans seems to get dinged every couple weeks they're an injury away from really being uh banged up on offense so I'm gonna I'm gonna say Aaron Rodgers uh on an MVP caliber season leads him to the Super Bowl
2: Great stuff. Listen, before we let you go, um, tell us about your podcast and uh, and where our listeners up in the north here uh, can find
0: you. Yeah, so I'm the co-host of the Shout Buffalo football podcast with my guy Ryan Talbot. Uh, we we try to do three shows a week during the season. This week is going to be a little bit tougher. We did a preview or a post-game show last night, and we'll have one big yeah. show on Wednesday. We were, pl- we were planning to do two, but because of the Saturday game, it just – it didn't work out schedule wise, so we're going to have a monster show. You mentioned Sal Capaccio; he's going to be our our big guest. We're going to have Jerry Sullivan on. He's covered the Bills for a couple decades. Uh, get some perspective from him. I know some Bills fans; he, they're not he's not their favorite, but listen, we had him on earlier in the year, and and people when they get a chance to listen to him talk a little bit about about the team, and and you take away that that social media interaction, I think people come to respect Jerry a lot more. And then we'll also. I'm working on maybe an Indianapolis Colts beat writer, get a view from the other side and and, and really break down this game.
1: Perfect. And, and did I see correctly there on the, the old Twitter machine that you guys are going to be out on the stadium uh, for game day or – on a on a pre-game Yeah, day. so
0: I will. Uh, I'm on uh, Channel Four's pregame show, Buffalo Kickoff Live, with Josh Reed, Sal, Thad Brown, Heather Prusak, and Tim Graham. We'll be out at the stadium Thursday night, seven to eight. You can watch it on Channel Four in Buffalo. I believe the first half hour streams online. You can follow that on my Twitter account. And then Saturday, 11 a.m., two hours before kickoff, getting you ready, full hour on Channel Four, CBS throughout New York State. Uh, we're excited about uh, bringing you guys all that pregame uh, coverage. Amazing. Awesome. Appreciate
1: it, Matt, for coming on. Tell, uh, tell Sal there, the golf guys from the north, uh, to say hi, and uh, we appreciate you coming on, and, and we'll check back with you uh, later in the season here when the, hopefully the Bills uh, win a couple Sounds of Sounds good,
0: guys. Thanks for having me on.
1: Thanks, Matt. Take, take, take care. care, man. That was great chatting with a friend of the show, Matt Perino. Shout podcast. Uh, getting himself ready for a, a big weekend here in uh, Buffalo Bills in the NFL yeah I was a deep uh, look into the Colts Bills matchup we all think the Bills are going to take him down
2: so let's let's stick with the AFC here uh, Baltimore Tennessee Baltimore's the uh, the early favorite three and a half they're on a, a major roll um, I just don't see I I, I know Matt was talking to about how the blueprint was out and how they showed how Tennessee could lock them down I just think Baltimore's on such a roll right now and. Um we're, we're gearing up towards the matchup that everybody wanted to see last year. If if we go back to what we said, if the Bills take care of business, it, it could be a Baltimore-KC matchup, which is what everybody wanted to see last year. I just think that they can slow King Henry down. Even Lamar's passing skills actually have improved. Oh, wait a minute, sorry. 10 for 18 this week, 113 yards. But But in all seriousness... You know they had over 400 yards rushing. I know it was the Cincinnati Bengals, but they're they're on a roll. They're they're coming in with some momentum. Um, Hollywood uh, got in the end zone I think twice this uh, this past week. And uh, look out! I said it five weeks ago before we went on holidays that the Baltimore Ravens are going to be one of the scariest teams that that's in a lower seed or sorry in a in a worse yep. seed. Okay, so that's who I think I got Baltimore beating Tennessee.
1: Yeah, you know what? It's like I said just before the break there and before we had Matt on this whole playoffs. Is about strength versus strength in this whole playoff round. And and we're gonna continue to break it down. And and this is it again here. Ravens Titans, one and two in rushing, offensive rushing yards. Yep. The Ravens, eighth in, in defense against the rush. I think they're gonna do a better job. They've got some monsters up front. Mm-hmm. Calais Campbell, Matthew Judon. Um the list goes on and on. You know, Derek Wolf. They're going to be able to slow Henry down a little bit. He's not going to be able to rush for, for 300 yards Correct. like he did yesterday. Yeah, yeah, sure yeah, yeah, that was a joke. Um, he's going to be slowed down a little bit. He, Yeah, I mean, he may get up over 100. Sure. But to me, they're going to be able to slow him down. And I would agree with what you said, and I'd have to dif- disagree with our man, Matt, a little bit. That Tennessee defense is awful. They're not 30th ranked in the league. Absolutely no pass rush. I don't think this year they're going to be able to suffocate. Lamar like they did last year I think the Ravens are going to be able to score I think this game's going to be a shootout this isn't your your dad's Ravens and Titans teams anymore this is going to be a shootout and to me it comes down to a couple different things one can Ryan Tannehill make plays with with Brown in the passing game and how do Humphrey and Peters show up against that coverage because I think Tennessee's going to need to make some big plays. And then defensively, Tennessee's going to need to get a stop here or there to stay in this game. I like the Ravens too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I
2: can't agree with you more on that. I, I just, I, I really think they're going to slow them down enough that that they'll be able to control it. And you are right; this could be a shootout. And then it's funny. Everybody always talks about well, you hear the media guys and they they talk about when it's you know uh, the the marquee or the fun matchup this week was supposed to be Brady Ryan, and it was going to be tons and tons of points. Uh, and oftentimes they're wrong on that. But in this case, I, I think you're right. And I know there'll be some controlling of the clock, and, and and if they're smart, they'll you know play a football. They'll they'll take deep into the play clocks, and they'll do that to slow it down. But they're still going to be Tons of points. Let's get to uh, let's go to Pittsburgh, Cleveland. It's one of the big uh, d- division
1: S- games. It's Sunday night football.
2: It's 8-15. Sunday night. Last game of the playoff slate. Uh, it's one of two um, division games again. Correct. They split the season. We all know that Cleveland got in just this past week with a uh, mock squad of uh, of Pittsburgh, but but they did quite well. And uh, qu- meaning Pittsburgh uh, and Rudolph uh, went in there and uh, had his uh, had his moment, and I think he was over three hundred passing. Pittsburgh's minus four. I'm not sure if Big Ben's any better than Mason Rudolph, to be honest with you. But but their defense is is all going to be there. They're going to yeah. be ready to go. Do you Can you see it? I have them as my upset alert. I know we're just going to briefly, we're not going to make picks this week, but we're going to talk about it, you know, maybe an upset special. I'm not going to say, but if there's any of these games, that's my upset special is I think Cleveland might be able to, to go in there. No crowd sure
1: helps Cleveland going into Pittsburgh. For sure it does, and it, it, it's going to help Baker Mayfield um, control the line of scrimmage. The Browns, listen, the Browns are number three in rushing. Clock kill, baby. Um, they've got the two-headed monster that we know about. Pittsburgh is not the same stop-the-run, steel curtain type of defense. You're going to be able to move the ball a little bit here on them, even with Hayward back and TJ Watt back. To me, this game's about Baker Mayfield, and can he avoid... The landmines of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Can he avoid the sacks? Can he avoid the big negative plays, the tackles for loss? Can he get him into the right running play, to the right side, left or right? Um, can he do all those things to keep the chains at the chains at manageable distance, manageable down in distance? If he can do that and continue to move those chains and puts not a lot, they don't they're not going to need a lot of points. Right? all season long, you score 21, 24 points against this Pittsburgh Steelers team. You're gonna be in the football game. And does Ben have enough does Ben have enough mobility? You know, Miles Garrett's gonna be running him
2: around sideways, left, right, and center, and he's gonna be trying. They're gonna be putting a lot of pressure on, or gonna to try to put a lot of pressure on. You know, can these Steelers receivers hold on to the ball?
1: You're on to a huge point there. And I wanted to just cut you off there before you yep. got you, before yep. you got going and it, it just broke, listeners. You mentioned Miles Garrett, not the same player since he's come back with COVID. Right. Number two. His running mate having a great season on the other side. Olivier Vernon came down in practice today with a torn ACL. Not gonna be oh available, boy. gone yeah. for the rest of the year. That could be a crucial injury crucial injury for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Um, friend of the show, Paul Jones might not want to hear that. Yeah, but it could be tight because yeah. you're right. If they can get after Ben, yeah, we know what happens. He's not the same old Ben that like he was in Detroit in two thousand seven when he was able to scramble around and and you know extend the play yeah. and, and move to his right and do all those things. I still got Pittsburgh, though. Yeah.
2: No, I agree. I just, I think maybe that could be the one I'm sitting on. I know where you're going to go down the road uh, when you talk about it uh, real quickly. But let's flip to the NFC. We got three games on the NFC. Where do you want to start?
1: Let's start with the first game on the weekend on the NFC. The second divisional matchup of the uh, wild, wild card round weekend here on Saturday and Sunday in the NFL. Uh, That's the Rams and the Seahawks. Seahawks four and a half point favorite. Uh, again, they've split the series. Uh, that they played
2: just a couple weeks ago, and it was a it just a disaster of a game. It was, I think, it was nineteen ten final. And yep. um, but but that was really when the, Seattle's defense started to show up. The boys of uh, you know that that big the big trade or the big pickup a few weeks back uh, was Carlos. Dunlop. Oh man, I mean, Huge. It's just changed the it's just changed their their dynamics. Um, they're playing hard nosed football. Uh, I I just think that. McVeigh's offense, his schemes are just, they're just, I'm not sold on them. I told you this before, I'm just not sold on them. I think Goth is just mediocre at best. Seahawks are going to find a way to win this game. I don't know if they cover it, but again, that's not what we're worried about here. I, I think the Seahawks just have enough tools, and I finally think that that Ramsey and Metcalf, I, I throw the damn ball to them. Because I think Metcalf is gonna be a big factor and he's gonna pull down a few. Ramsey's held him held them to check up uh, both games that they played, he
1: held them to check. I got it started on my sheet. As you can see beside me here, Dutch, I, another yep. one of these matchups. Uh this one's not necessarily strength versus strength. This to me is is a D-line versus O-line matchup. Yeah. How destructive can the Rams D-line be? We saw they practically won the game yesterday on defense. With our friend John Wolford coming in and, and yep. just being a game manager, yep. are we going to get golf? We don't know. Um, he looked pretty good in uh, pregame warmups, chucking it around. He looked like he was
2: fine. So I I just think they knew more than we did uh, that game that they were gonna that they were gonna uh, they were gonna win. It didn't matter. Uh, they just they just seemed to not worry about it at all. And and uh, Donald had a had an unbelievable a game. game. Hurt <laughs> or not hurt, who cares? He's a monster and he's going to continue to wreak havoc. But I, I just think Russell's got enough uh,
1: poise there to, uh, to to win this game. This is my upset special. I think the Colts also got a chance to beat the Bills. Um, and we're not, you know, I won't get too deep, deep into yeah, that. Yeah, because we got in yep. yep, yep. But um, this is my upset special. It's the Rams. I think they've got a chance to beat the Seahawks. They've done it. Beat them 23-16 earlier in the season. You've got playmakers in the secondary, in Ramsey and Troy Hill. The guy's got two defensive touchdowns this year. John Johnson, the big matchup, just like you said, Ramsey versus Metcalf. Can it happen? Another big injury that happened late, late on Sunday. That not a lot, maybe a lot of our listeners seen. Jamal Adams. Yep. Is he going to be out on the field? He's a difference maker for them because he's down in the box. He helps stop that run game because we know how dangerous. The Rams can be when that run game is humming. Yep, Cam Akers, Cooper Cup. Will they be back in the lineup? That's going to be something to watch as the week progresses here. But I think the Rams. I think I, I just if they can limit Russell and keep that big play ability down and get the running game going, I see the Rams controlling the pace of this game and controlling the gameplay. I like the Rams in the upset special. All right, all right. I knew you were going to go
2: that way, and, and it does make sense. It is one of the lower spreads on the the board, and you know it's always uh, tough division matchups. You just don't know which way it's going to go. So I, I do like that, um, even though I'm sticking with Seattle, um, Saints Bears. That's going to be my lock of the week. Forget spread, forget whatever. I mean, listen, the Bears just showed against a a, a top notch offense in Green Bay. They just got dismantled. I don't care about what what whatever game plan the Chicago Bears are trying to put out. Mitchell Trubinsky, you can be a game manager but when you try and do too much you just shit the bed. Um they finally found a running game and Montgomery was has, has been just a, 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 a an absolute blessing for the Bears cuz that's their style of of go. That's their or their style of play and you know they they haven't used the receiving core a lot lately and I just don't see. I think the Saints even though the Saints we've already talked about this. I don't see the Saints going. We're going to make our Super Bowl predictions here but I don't see the Saints making it. But they're gonna dismantle the Bears.
1: They're gonna dismantle them. I, I I can't argue. I would love to argue it, and 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 unless David Montgomery has a um, a Henry type of game, I just don't see the Bears even being in this football game. As soon as they get behind early, it's done. Yeah, you're gonna get uh, Breeze rolling. Michael Thomas, uh, who I think by the sounds of it, Kamara is gonna be back because yep. the game's on on Sunday, so he'll be available. I'm sorry, Bears fans, but uh, I just don't think it's going to matter. Allen Robinson, David Montgomery, I just don't think it's going to matter. Saints are going to be able to control them on on defense. And the Bears offense, Roquan Smith, who knows if he's going to play. He was down with injury yesterday. Um, But the Saints offense will move the ball. Sean Payton, all he's done is win, win, win over his career and over this season with whatever lineup he's putting out there. I like it as a lock of the week for the Saints.
2: And last but not least... Of course, he gets prime time Saturday night, Mister Tom Brady. Uh, last three weeks, they've just looked—they've uh, looked like they can be contenders. Um, I know they had a big injury yesterday. Uh, no structural damage, so it remains to be seen if Mister Evans will come back onto the field. But Godwin's getting into the action, Antonio Brown's keeping his mouth quiet, and he's looking like he's the real deal. Gronk is healthy and running up the storm. He's doing some amazing things. They're just the package right now. I know their defense isn't, you know, necessarily the strongest on paper according to numbers, but they're It's it's come on. It's they get a they're getting a gift here against the the Washington Redskins because or sorry, ah, ah, I was about to make fun of Al Michaels because he did it three times. The Washington Football Club because that game last night was an absolute debacle, and it goes without saying that that division was absolutely the worst maybe of all time that we've ever seen in the history of the NFL. They're gonna just roll over the 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 Washington Football
1: Club. No, it's all Brady. They're my lock of the week. They're my lock of the week. But here's the way I here's the way I look at it. And again, another matchup strength versus strength. Washington second in the league against pass defense. The Bucks finished just outside the top five. They were seventh in in uh, total offense, second in passing offense. So this is a strength versus strength. I think we see. A little montage back to the New England days for Tom Brady here. I think they go to the quick passing game. And I think a sleeper X factor could be one of those running backs for the Bucks. You may see them try to run the ball a little bit more. Try to tire out Chase Young and that vaunted defensive line of Washington. And then start to uh, open up the passing game later on in the game. A little, maybe a bit, a little bit of play action pass, maybe a little bit of Gronk on that seam route over the middle, as um, my Buffalo fans have seen for years. Yep. But yeah, I, I see the Bucks uh, eventually opening this up. Could be closer to start, but another strength versus strength. The only way that I see Washington winning this game: stop the run, get to Tom Brady right up through the middle, get those quick feet going. They may have a chance. Maybe you can get a turnover or two. Other than that, um, the Bucks defense is solid against the past they can get after the quarterback if they can get Devin White back and Shaq Barrett back look out Alex Smith because yeah. Alex Smith is not mobile no, we he, saw that last he's night he's not he's Kirk um, Cousins he could be in, a,
2: he's not he
1: could be in for a long day they just don't have enough gotta teams. like the Bucs <sighs> gotta like the
2: Bucks. okay well before we end this episode it was another amazing episode but I'm gonna put you right on the spot um this is all I'm asking for predictions this is we we as we as we talked earlier in the the show uh we are our actual maybe not our g and d picks, but our actual um you know where we where we thought it was gonna lay out we did pretty damn good I'd put us up against any of the other big wigs uh, across the board as far as who we had in the playoffs. I'm asking you who do you got in the super Bowl and who's
1: winning I got the Kansas City chiefs I'm going chalk against the green Bay Packers. That's no fun. I know it's not any okay. fun. And who do you got? I got the Chiefs repeating back-to-back years. We haven't had a repeat champ in a little bit. I'm going the Chiefs on the repeat. Okay, well,
2: I'm I I got going to throw it out, and I'm going to be the homer dude for you. Um, I got the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Come on, the Bills are not now, making the I am so well. the Buffalo Bills riding this ship. As we talked with Matt, they got the best run to the AFC Championship. They shock the Kansas City Chiefs. They go up against the Green Bay Packers, and unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers breaks their hearts. And Green Bay wins the Super Bowl. Green Bay, Buffalo, Super Bowl. Um, I hope I'm wrong, meaning Buffalo wins. That's what I got. Buffalo, Green Bay, Super Bowl. It would be amazing.
1: Well, I've got too many years of scar tissue to... uh, to be but able would to, you take a Super Bowl? I would take it a Super Bowl. Come I'm right I would. For sure. I'd take an AFC championship at this point in time. There you go, bud. There you go. Well, great to be back in the saddle with you here, Dutch, for Season 2. What a great episode. Thanks to Matt Perino for coming on. Listeners, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Dutch one As we said at the start of the show, we want a little bit more interaction. We're going to uh, start to go live with some of these podcasts. And uh, we want to hear what you want us to talk about. We want to hear your thoughts, questions, comments, feedback along the way. And thanks for tuning in to the Ginger and Dutch podcast. I'm Ginger. And I'm Dutch.